And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I'm your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can listen to from 6 to 9 every weekday morning on hitthatline.com. They can also have some great content like videos, articles, as well as some show highlights. So be sure to check that out at hitthatline.com. On the podcast today, we're going to talk about how it's just really bad timing for Chad Morris. We'll also get into some SEC talk and what we're looking forward to going into this weekend around the conference. And also a story that I have to tell of something that really pissed me off and I'm going to trash a government property. We'll get to that in a lot more as the show goes on. But let's start with the timing aspect of uh, Chad Morris and the Arkansas Razorback football team right now. Listen, I don't need to sit here and remind you again and again and again just how bad things are, how it doesn't look like a lot of positivities going around. Uh, Arkansas may lose this game against North Texas. I mean, I can, the list goes on and on and on of the problems that we are seeing and all that fun stuff. So I don't, you don't need me to keep harping on that. But one thing that I do want to talk about and get into uh, a very interesting discussion, at least interesting from my perspective, is about just the bad timing for the Arkansas Razorback team, as well as Chad Morris. Chad Morris entered in the conference as Arkansas head coach, knowing that he had to take over quite a project, quite a rebuilding process for a football team that had once seen some really high-end success here of recent note, but really had never been able to capture or recapture that greatness that they once had. So he knew that it was going to be an uphill battle, not only for that reason, but also because he was left with literally nothing, nothing at all, no players, no culture, nothing. And we all knew it was going to take a couple of years to try to get this train going. But you just think about how unfortunate it is for Chad Morris that not only did he have to inherit a situation like that, but he also had to come into the SEC during a time where it looks like a lot of the SEC teams that maybe were down for a little bit are on the upswing. Maybe the teams that have already been on the upswing are staying at the upswing. That certain programs are really starting to gain tremendous strides, especially in the SEC West. And when you look back on it, you see Arkansas. And they're just kind of sit there left holding the bag. And what I mean by this is you look around for, well, of course, we'll keep it in the SEC West specifically. Alabama is Alabama. They're amazing. They have Nick Saban. It's not going to change. They're honestly going to be the best team, if not one of the top two best teams in the country year in and year out. We all know this. But then you have Auburn, which I will admit, I thought that Malzahn eventually would have either get fired or leave for another job or something like that because that's just how it felt at Auburn. If you didn't beat Alabama year in and year out or at least have some success against them, they were going to run you out on a rail. But Malzahn has found ways to beat Alabama at least enough to keep his job. He's done a good job recruiting. seems that this year's team is going to be really good for him with Jared Stidham at quarterback position. And there's no signs of it slowing down anytime soon. So you have Auburn, which was a team that you felt like maybe take some step backs. No, it's moving forward. You have LSU with Ed Orgeron, which you felt like, hey, Eddie O, the guy was really terrible as a head coach at Ole Miss. He's been an interim basically his entire life. He didn't have a fantastic season last year, and he lost some games that he shouldn't have, and people were really starting to sour on Ed Orgeron. 
Well, then he opens up and has that huge victory against Miami, and now the whole entire thing changes. I'm not completely sold on Ed Orgeron being the guy just yet, but having that type of opening to your second year as a full-time head coach and uh, to be able to have, I guess it was the second year, I guess it's technically his third year if you want to really count it. But either way, to have that success and to have that type of opening showing that's going to gain a lot of momentum. He's done a good job recruiting. I think he's done a good job in hiring some coaches. Time will tell, but it certainly seems like LSU is starting to get back on track for the type of team that LSU fans think they deserve to be and what they probably should be, all things considered. So you have that, and then you have Arkansas. You have a team like Texas A&M, which under Kevin Sumlin really never achieved much more than a Heisman. They started off great with an 11-win year and a Heisman Trophy winner in Johnny Manziel, but after that, they pretty much had seven or eight win seasons the rest of the way. Always had high-end talent, had quarterback issues, could never keep quarterbacks on campus. They were constantly transferring out. They just had issues, personnel issues especially, and eventually that's what led to the demise of Kevin Sumlin. What sucks about that is that Kevin Sumlin beat Arkansas every single year. Every year he was the head coach at Texas A&M, he beat Arkansas from 2012 to 2017. That sucks. Because then they once then they upgraded. So you couldn't beat them already, but then they upgrade their coach and they go out and they spend an arm and a limb on Jimbo Fisher, the main guy, the guy that makes a ton of money, $75 million man. Just unreal, ungodly amount of money. But he may end up being worth it, time will tell. But he has also a pretty great showing to start. Almost beat Clemson. Some people felt like he should have beaten Clemson if it wasn't for controversial calls at the end. That's neither here nor there. But he certainly is an upgrade over Kevin Sumlin. I still don't know if he's going to get it done, at least at the level that they think so. But he certainly has the ability in his recruiting, and he has the support, and he has the amenities. He has everything to really take the program to the next level and possibly compete for the SEC West. I still have my concerns and reservations about it, but he definitely has that ability. And then you have Arkansas. Let's go to the Mississippi schools. You should be better than them, right? Well, Ole Miss is battling severe allegations and has been for, from the NCAA. And as far as their cheating, they don't have the same guy anymore at Hugh Freeze. They have Matt Luke. But they have obviously been affected and impacted by the severity of their punishments that they have received, whether it's been bowl bans or scholarship limitations, and who's to know that it'll? this is all. There may get some more hammers nailed down on them. So that's yet to be determined. But yet they're still looking pretty impressive. They still have a fantastic offense. I mean, Jordan Tamu, Tiamu, Tiamu, whatever his name is, however you pronounce it, I've heard it pronounced all these different ways. He's a quarterback, and he's really good. Ole Miss's offense is electric. They're giving up 50 points a game, it seems like, but they are electric. And their recruiting is actually really looking good, all things considered. That good in-state recruiting, they were able to get some really good offensive pieces. I don't know if Matt Luke's the guy. I still don't think Ole Miss is going to be a program like they were even under Hugh Freeze. But they certainly have some momentum going. And the fact that they even have a, a sliver of momentum going is pretty impressive. And then you have Arkansas. Mississippi State this year might be the most talented top-to-bottom Mississippi State team that they've had in forever. And that's saying something, because Dan Mullen, when he was there, he had some great teams, even that Dak Prescott team in 2014, that was a number one team. 
I've heard people say that as far as talents go, this team has a lot more talent than that team, top to bottom. And they've certainly looked impressive in the early going. They have some big games coming up. Of course, the Florida game is going to be a big one that they'll play at home. So we'll see exactly where they measure up that way. But they completely destroyed Kansas State in Manhattan over the weekend. And of course, they, have a, they play in the SEC West, so they're going to have a strong conference schedule. But So we'll see how it plays out. But they've looked really good and really impressive. They have some NFL caliber players that were left behind under Dan Mullen. And it looks like Joe Moorhead certainly has a good situation that he inherited with Dan Mullen. And then you have Arkansas. So this is just about as poor of timing as you could ever have when it comes to a program and coming into a place like Arkansas. This is this is tough. And to try to find the silver lining makes it even tougher. But there was no doubt that this is one of the worst times for a new coach to come in at Arkansas, not only because of what he has and what program he's inheriting, but also the current state of the programs that are around you in this own division. It's not easy. Anyways, but it certainly seems like everybody has something going more so than you. Ole Miss was under NCAA investigations and committed violations, and right now it seems like they have more going than you. Now that can change on a dime. Arkansas can start winning. They can get a victory against North Texas. They can maybe play some really close games going forward. We don't know. We don't know what's going to play out. But it certainly seems like your team is the worst team in the SEC West, possibly the SEC. Next year, don't know how much better it's going to look. Or even the year after that, you got to recruit some, some men. And it looks like they've done a really good job in the recruiting classes to do so. You have to get that done. But you don't want to get left behind. You don't want to be the one program where everyone's surpassing. Because, listen, Bama's going to be above you. Auburn's going to be above you. A&M's looking like they're going to be above you. LSU, if Eddie O's the guy, they're going to be above you. So where are you left? Being better than the Mississippi schools. Well, right now they look really good. Time will tell on these two new coaches if they're going to be able to have sustained success at their programs. You hope that they don't. You hope that they fail miserably. But there's not really any good, positive vibes going out for your Razorbacks. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but it's just a fact. It's the fact of the matter. It can change, and I think Chad Morris is, has the ability to change it. But when it comes to the timing of it all, you couldn't ask for a worse possible outcome, worse possible situation for Chad Morris. I feel for him, and if he gets it going, then he gets it going, and maybe he'll be able to prove himself. But right now, the rest of the SEC West is on its collision course to look like it did back in 2010, 2011, 2012. And if you're a Razorback fan, boy, that scares the living daylights out of you. But hopefully, hopefully, there can be some type of positivity to go forward as this season goes on. Before we get into some SEC talk about the weekend, i got to tell you, ever since I started this podcast, everyone's been asking me for advice, and it's usually on what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with, and that's why I tell people to go to bet with my bookie. Because trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in the business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. You just lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend this service to my listeners because you guys have been good to me, and I want to be 
good to you. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to MyBookie because when you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code on college to activate your offer visit my bookie online today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use the promo code on college when creating your account to claim your bonus because when you play you win you get paid with my bookie you are locked on razorbacks your daily arkansas razorbacks podcast all right, moving on to the SEC part of the podcast. You know, there's really not a whole lot of great games going on this weekend from the SEC perspective. In fact, uh, the South Carolina Marshall game has been canceled due to the hurricane, which is going on over there. So uh, that's one less game that you're uh, going to be able to watch for the SEC. But the only game that, or I guess there's two games that fascinate me uh, from the SEC slate. One of them is, of course, Auburn and LSU. Now, that's a 2.30 kickoff on CBS, and that one's going to be played in Auburn. LSU's number 12, Auburn's number 7. What a fantastic game. The line, though, is Auburn minus 10.5. I don't know if I'm going to believe that. I, I think that LSU might be able to hold their own in this. But what a huge win that would be for Eddie O uh, if he's able to get a victory in there. Because I'm going to tell you this, too, folks. Malzahn is definitely worthy of being mentioned as one of the better coaches in the conference. But there are times that he always has a weird game, a weird letdown game, and you can't really figure out why. You're sitting there scratching your head, wondering why. And last year, it was to LSU. They blew a big lead late, and LSU came back to beat them. Uh, didn't affect uh, Auburn as far as their SEC West standings because they were able to win the SEC West, but then lose. But still, it, it was just a weird game. And Malzahn's always got those going on each season. That's why he's never had an undefeated year as a head coach, even though in a lot of cases he probably should have. I don't know if this will be the case right now, but if you're talking about coaching matchups between Ed Orgeron and Gus Malzahn, is it weird that it's almost like I don't think I don't think Orgeron's that much worse of a coach than Malzahn? Because Malzahn, listen, I get it. He's he's a really good coach, but when it comes to the perspectives of having a letdown game. I think Malzahn is very guilty of this. There's a reason why he was on the hot seat almost every single year before last season when he finally was able to get it going and he beat Alabama and he beat Georgia, both teams, both of his rivals. He'd be on the hot seat right now. In fact, he probably would have been fired. And I still I still completely think that he would have taken the Arkansas job last year if he would have lost to Alabama in that final game of the season. I really do. Because they probably would have ran him out if he didn't. So if that's the case, then that at least adds another element to it. But as far as this coaching matchup goes, I don't know. I don't trust Malzahn. I don't think he's worth all that money that they're paying him. I know that Arkansas was rumored to want to pay him like over $7 million, which was just disgusting money. But I think like him coming to Arkansas would have at least been worth that type of money because you would have had to pay him that. And I think that he truly would have been, since he's an Arkansas guy, he would have been great for the job. But that's neither here nor there. That's that's water over the bridge, under the bridge, whatever it's called. Anyways, so I like I like this game. I like Auburn and LSU. I like Eddie O and I like Malzahn. I think it'll be a fantastic matchup. And I just feel like Auburn's going to be a let, there's going to have a letdown game this season. I don't think it's going to be against LSU. The other game. Alabama and Ole Miss. Now, it's got to be sickening to Razorback fans to know that Ole Miss has beaten Alabama twice in recent memory. Has beaten Nick Saban twice. And Arkansas hasn't beaten them once. Not one time since Nick Saban's been at Alabama. That's got to be really annoying. 
And this game's being played in Oxford, Mississippi. So you know it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Ole Miss is 2-0. and They can score points at will, but they can't stop anybody. Alabama's favored by 21 points in Oxford. I might be placing some money on Ole Miss. To, and actually, you know what? I'm not going to. Screw it. I'm, I'm not ever going to bet against Alabama on the spread. I'm never going to worry about it. It's not even going to be anything that crosses my mind. I learned my lesson when it was that Louisville game, so I'm not going to go down that road again. But uh, really kind of a lame weekend of SEC games. You got two of them, so you got, I guess I'm thankful for that. But even if you go outside the SEC and look at the top 25, I mean, there's really not any great games in the top 25. I mean, Boise State and Oklahoma State might be the best game in the top 25 outside of the SEC. Like, that's it. It's a meh type of weekend. So expect blowouts, or maybe maybe this is the time for upsets too. That's what I also like. I also like to see when these teams get together, and you know, sometimes even though it may be seeming like a, a blah weekend, ends up being a great weekend because you see some upsets. So maybe some of uh, these teams, maybe Iowa State will beat Oklahoma. That's one of the games. That game is being played in Ames, Iowa. So be on the lookout for that one. Notre Dame and Vanderbilt play, which I think is fascinating. Maybe that's a game that uh, isn't getting enough attention, but uh, wouldn't that be funny if Vanderbilt beat Notre Dame? I don't see that happening, but, man, that would be that would be pretty humorous, at least for me. So there, there you have it. We're probably going to give our picks and look at uh, some spreads specifically uh, going into the Friday podcast, but I just wanted to get, give you an outlook and look at the SEC and you know, just try to find some other games in case you aren't wanting to watch the Razorback game if they lose. Here's some other games that you can watch. So check that out. Uh, it should be should be a good weekend, at least for a couple of those games. But overall, not very impressive. Not very impressive at all. We're going to get into a story that I have to tell you all and just something that pisses me off. But before I do that, it's just amazing that football season's here. I know it's not going great for the Razorbacks right now, but it's going great for me because I'm on FanDuel.com and it's never been more fun and easier to play. I'm not a fantasy expert, so FanDuel is clearly the best place to play for me, and they also have something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. If you don't believe me, check this out. This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever, and here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team for the rest of the season. This locks before week one, so don't miss your chance and sign up now. I love my experience with FanDuel. I, I like to win money because I, I don't like to earn money. Or what is the old adage? Money won is a lot sweeter than money earned or, or something like that. I don't know. I'm tripping balls. Anyways, you have that that you can be able to win some money, and that's what's most important. You just got to do this, folks. You, you got to be a part of it. We can have fun. We can win some money together. So to get into that free $250,000 Survivor Contest, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. So come play with me. Let's come win some money. Let's do this. FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right, this final part of the podcast, I just got to tell you a quick story. It, it won't take too much of your time. It just really made me mad. So if you don't know, I have a dog named Rowdy. He's a, he's a really good dog. Actually, he's kind of a little turd, but he's still my dog. He's still a, he's great for meeting chicks. 
like that. And that's one of the main reasons I got him. Like, I'll, I'll be completely honest with it. I, I walk him around in my apartment complex and I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and they're just freaking out because, oh my goodness, he is so cute. Can I pet him? Now, unfortunately for me, they fall in love with him more than they do with me. So it kind of backfires in a lot of ways. But either way, um, I'm, I was here in Fort, in the Fort Smith area and I was walking my dog. Or at least it was a night last night where I really wanted to walk him because it's so beautiful. It was a perfect night. I mean, the weather was a little chillier and I felt like, okay, well, I'm going to take him to a park and I'm going to walk him around. So I go to Ben Garen Park is what it's called in Fort Smith. And it's got softball fields. It's got a walking trails. It's, you know, just your run of the mill average park while I'm walking him around. And then this old man on a four by four drives up and says, Hey, uh, I'm, I hate to be the bad guy, but, uh, you're going to have to, you're going to have to have your dog go to the outside of the fence line. I said, why? Dad, it's not my, not my call. It's just a rule we have. You're not allowed to have dogs inside the park, the, the inside the fence of the park. Got to go to the outside of the fence. And I really thought he was joking. I, I didn't know what to say. And he was nice, and I get it. He was doing his job, so I'm not going to hate on him. But I could not believe that I was having to be... I was getting kicked out of a park for walking my dog. Now, I had some people tell me that this is common. This is a rule, yada, yada, yada. I don't care. I got kicked out of a public park for walking my dog. He was on a leash, too. And no one was really around. I mean, I know that there were softball games going on, and I could I was I wasn't inside the softball complex, but I was relatively close, so maybe that was what the problem was. I don't know, but I was just sitting there in, in complete disbelief, where I was like, "He's he's a dog, and he's on a leash, and this is a park." Like I thought this is what parks were for, but apparently not. So I learned my lesson. So I probably won't be going back to that park. Rowdy was really disappointed. Let me tell you, but you know what? Rowdy got the last laugh. You know how? Because he just bent a fresh biscuit over and right inside the fence line before he walked out. And I was like, that's my dog. So he made it work. I was really proud of him for that. But anyways, if anybody else had this experience before or they feel like I was in the wrong, please let me know. Because I, I, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I didn't understand a rule. Maybe I don't understand the logic behind it. But kicking me out of a public park in my dog because I'm walking my dog and the dog is not allowed inside the fence line of the park does not make any sense to me whatsoever so if any of you are out there and you have a reasonable logical reasoning behind it that can help me out and help me understand why this was a problem let me know i will gladly accept any type of wrongdoing that i did the guy was doing his job and if it is a rule i get it i just want to know why that's my big thing. So appreciate everybody listening into the podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on, my goodness, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Tuned In. Anywhere you can find a podcast, it's up there, the Locked On Razorbacks. Also, rate the podcast. Tell me how awesome it is. Go on Twitter. Go on Facebook. Share it with all your friends and on social media. I'll always give you a retweet if you stroke my ego because that's what I do. I'm, I'm, I'm just that much of a doucher. Okay, so go out there, make that happen. We'll have some fun with it. Appreciate everybody listening in. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody, and a great night. We will see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 